Is a band? Can you be a band with two people? Is that allowed? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Daft Punk. They're not a band. They're anonymous producers. What was up with all the? They're retiring, or yeah, they broke up. Oh, they broke up. Yeah, one called the other one Daft. The other one called him a punk. <laughs> Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. We are back after a winter hibernation. Ased is next to me in person, in the flesh. How does it feel to be back? Football is over. It's like it was a blur since the last time we spoke. I think it was before the playoffs. And now we have a new Super Bowl champion. The Jaguars are, it's like a whole whole new team, right? No one's there anymore. As far as the you know coaching goes and stuff, it's crazy times. We're gonna go through our huge list of topics today in as quickly a manner as possible. So trying to do this as rapid fire as we feasibly can, rather than do a deep dive on one issue. There's just so much stuff to talk about. So we're gonna blaze through several things here. First off is the hire of coach. Urban Meyer. Woo! It's been that long, huh? Since we've talked. Urban Meyer, of course, has won uh, national championships in the NCAA with two different teams, Florida and Ohio State, and left each team under odd circumstances with health as the reason, but I'm not sure if everyone buys that. Uh, So far, he's created a lot of buzz since joining the Jaguars, but I wanted to get your opinion, Asad. Urban Meyer, yay or nay? I'm going to have to go with yay. It's a good hire, um, especially considering like our division rivals. Would you even call them rivals now? I think we are the superior of teams, right, between us and the Texans. They're having trouble. Detroit hired some random guy off the street to coach them. And we have Urban Meyer, someone who has proven himself, even though it was at the college level. He's bringing in a great staff, and it's, He's making us believe that he has a plan in motion and that we are going somewhere. So I believe in him. He's, he, he has me as a believer. Uh, some of the criti- criticism I've heard of Urban Meyer is that he's this like raging ball of fire who gets to town, lights everything else ablaze, likely takes you deep into the playoffs, maybe wins the Super Bowl. But then one thing will lead to another. A little bit of drama ensues, and he's gone within like three years. Uh, I've also heard the whole health thing, too. Coaching at the NFL level usually is not a recommended solution for stress relief. (laughs) Definitely not. But I'm going to be honest. I stopped listening when you said Super Bowl and Jaguars. So (laughs) he can do whatever the hell he wants in three years or whatever. If we win a Super Bowl... I don't really give a shit about what happens, but I don't see that happening. But you do bring up a good point. Like, how long will he be around? Like, is this the guy that's going to be with the Jaguars for 10 years? Would that make sense? What do you think? Um, in some in some regards, I think he's, you know, obviously he's bought into the franchise and he's pumped in so much energy that shh, why not? You know, his reputation's kind of tied with it. He's at the NFL level now. I don't know if he would make a horizontal move to another NFL team. 
Yeah. So this, I don't think so. This might be his long haul chance, but we'll see. We've got a lot of changes on the Jaguars coaching staff. We had an overhaul of the entire team, basically. Um, looking at the chart here, the coaching depth chart, if you will. Shad Khan, still, still the ownership, still the godfather, still there. Mark Lamping, still team president. Outside of that, we got a lot of shakeup here. So um, one of the biggest things is that Trent Balky's stuck around and is, is now the solidified uh, GM. He worked with Jim Harbaugh at the 49ers, also coming out of college, and they went to the Super Bowl together. Let's see, Meyer brought in as defensive coordinator Joe Cullen, as offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, another notable name, uh, passing game coordinator slash uh, quarterbacks coach is Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, we've got Sanjay Lal at wide receiver. So uh, Keenan McCardell is one of the one of the like I guess lower ranking coaching staff people we we thought might stick around like there was even kind of a plea on behalf of fans to keep him around he's yeah, gone that sucks that actually it that sucked to hear but he got a job so we're happy to hear that yeah so so far yeah this this we've had a, a big change here I, I just want to give a quick story I was out and I was in Texas at a bar all right so um, just a reminder to everyone the coronavirus does not exist in Texas. <laughs> Or and Florida, where or, probably the listeners where, where are. The, where many of our listeners are as well, yeah. And uh, it was a Friday night at like 1 a.m. And the TVs were all covering the Jaguars. Mm. And I was like, I haven't felt this in a long time. Uh, we're definitely not on the verge of some, you know, AFC Championship matchup against the Patriots. Nope. Uh, we haven't drafted Trevor Lawrence yet. Not yet. So what the f*** is going on TV? And it was the basically like 24-hour hiring. <laughs> and you could call it firing. I guess he kind of like mutually parted ways, resigned right. resignation of Chris Doyle. So another perspective coach that Urban Meyer was was had basically brought in who had uh, been criticized heavily for racist treatment of players at the University of Iowa. And there was an uproar after he was hired that someone with this reputation of outwardly treating and basically bullying players uh, on the basis of race doesn't belong with the Jaguars. So I'm going to ask you, what's your take on that whole situation? I don't know. This is a, it's always a tough subject because, first of all, we weren't there. We weren't one of the players. So you have his word against the player's words, which he's probably outnumbered. And, of course, he was there for 20 years so like how long was this going on there's a lot of factors to take in right obviously the right decision was made probably from urban you know saying okay well this is gonna this is gonna be a bad start to what we're trying to build so maybe we should get off of him but there's always two sides of the story but i mean if a bunch of people are saying something about him and the current players on the jaguars roster aren't comfortable with him being a coach or being around them then it's fair to not have him there you're you got to satisfy your players too, you know? And I think they got a, a good feel for that immediately. I don't know though. Well, what's, what's your take on that? I, I, it's just a weird situation. Cause we see, we've seen this at a couple of different universities that's happened over the couple last couple of years. So. Yeah. To me, there's, there's kind of two sides of a spectrum that are being argued here on one side, fans, uh, professionals are chipping in and saying, Here's the deal. If you're a good football coach, you're a good football coach, right? So this is not just like the hiring of Chris Doyle, who has allegations of racist treatment of players. It's also, I'm also talking about the overall like Rooney rule picture as well, like in terms of hiring black coaches or minority coaches, that kind of thing too. 
And people will say, like, no matter what, if you're a good football coach, you're a good football coach. Like, that right. should be your first level evaluation. And right. race shouldn't factor into that. And that, that applies to players, they would say, too, right? On the other end of the spectrum, people are like, well, okay, you can, like, have this imaginary fantasy land where there's absolutely no racism in the NFL and <laughs> yeah. stuff. But at the end of the day, there's there there appears to be, and I think Chris Doyle is, like, the most obvious situation in maybe many cases, race definitely plays into the equation, right? Mm -hmm. I think to to sit from like our couch and say, oh, you know, it's all, we're in this like postmodern utopia where like identity and race like don't factor into the, how people deal with each other. I think that would be kind of unrealistic. Yeah, definitely. My main take though, and I think Urban Meyer proved this shit, ready? Mm -hmm. Is that there's a, there's a good old boy club kind of thing that's present in a lot of industries, definitely in American football. Yeah. And the Urban Meyer getting to town, uh, hiring a lot of, like a mixture of like friends from his past and like respected coaches from the NFL, from the NCAA and bringing in all, all the buddies. Uh, I think you have to have like this barometer of like, how much does this lean to the good old boy kind of side, right? Like as in, is, is this like kind of a, a really nice equation of, of a set of coaches from different backgrounds and stuff? Or is this straight up like someone's posse, <laughs> right? Like your yeah. clique. Uh-huh. And the fact that Urban Meyer could even think about hiring Chris Doyle just to bring him into that sort of group, you know, that's where I, I had my, my alarms were going off. Yeah. No, no and it, it, it makes so much sense because he literally brought his own posse in. They kicked everyone out. He was like, yeah, I'm bringing in whoever the hell I want. And I'm sure that's what they, you know, him and Shaw talked about when he was hiring. He's like, you know, I'm going to bring in my guys. So like tell your guys that you had previously, like, bye. It does make you think like, okay, well, he still thought about it. And he knew, you know, the allegations or whatever, you know, what could have happened, what couldn't have happened. But he knew it caused some kind of, you know, uproar. Right. And it did. Luckily, he made the right decision if it was him. Whoever made the right decision to let him go. Get him out of town. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we're going to go back to the player side. And we have already mentioned this name. Trevor Lawrence. Is there any chance in hell we don't draft him? And what would that scenario look like? Well, there's no chance in hell we won't draft him. We are drafting Trevor Lawrence. But it is interesting. I don't know if people are bored, analysts, and, you know, TV, the media and you know TV broadcast shows, you know all this stuff. They they want to talk about something, right? They don't want to be like everyone doesn't want to sound the same and say, "Oh yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he's he's the number one," because everyone's saying that, right? So now you're hearing a lot of Zach Wilson does this better than Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson, and it seems like just two months ago we were talking about Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, right? Like who are you gonna take? But now it's turned into Zach Wilson might have something that Trevor Lawrence doesn't which I do not think is true. So it it will definitely be Trevor Lawrence, like easily. I think Zach Wilson's a really good player. I don't think he's better than Trevor Lawrence, and I don't think he's close. Well, let me give you a scenario. Um, okay. You wake up on April 27th or whenever the, f- the second day of the draft is, and you see the Jaguars did not draft Trevor Lawrence. It just didn't happen. Something else happened. What is that other thing? What happened where we didn't wind up with Trevor Lawrence? Like what? what's the scenario okay. that could lead to that? Uh, trading down. Trading down a few picks to still get Zach Wilson, probably, or Fields, if you want to trade down that far enough. 
Of course, with Fields, it'd be a little different because you don't know when he's going to go. But maybe trading down two or three picks and grabbing a couple second round picks from that team. Maybe that. And what would we gain from that? Who would we gain? In addition to that quarterback that we draft. Oh, you're talking like an active NFL player. Because we would get maybe. something for trading. Yeah, we'd probably get another first round pick. So we'd have three first round picks, You'd like probably Dolphin get style. Maybe like a like a future first, maybe an active player on the roster that someone has right now. I mean, for Trevor Lawrence, is a million things. And like like we talked about before, you know, people were talking about Deshaun Watson for Trevor Lawrence trade. This is exactly what it is, right? It's not a tr- Deshaun Watson for the first pick of the Jaguars. It's Trevor Lawrence for Deshaun Watson. It's like that. There's a million different scenarios that can happen. The price is high, though. Let's let's get back to reality here. And assuming the Jaguars <laughs> yeah. pick Trevor Lawrence uh, first in the draft, well, we have another first round pick. Who do we draft? Who's still available in those in the twenties that we can target? Like, what what position would we be looking wise? for? What position would we be looking for I mean, at that point? I would n- I wouldn't say tight end just because the tight end you'd want would be gone at that point. So you could kind of wait. There's a good tight end at Penn state. And there's one more that I can't remember right now, but you know, it would, it'd be in the later rounds, right? It wouldn't be right away. So throw the tight end away. Then you start looking at DBs. And then a lot of this comes down to availability, right? Sometimes you pick the best available player versus, you know, what you need, which is what happened with Josh Allen. Another name I've heard thrown around a, a ton, it's probably because of the whole like Florida-centric <laughs> focus and stuff, is Kyle Pitts, who is technically tight end. The guy's huge. He's like 6'6", 240 yeah, pounds. Yep. And uh, one of the pluses is that he can run like a wide receiver. He's kind of got that modern NFL tight end uh, feel to him. Uh, so his name has been thrown around. Uh, I, I don't think that he would be available after like the first 10 picks, but is there any scenario where we could walk away with Kyle Pitts, would he fashion into any kind of like trade down? I would say no, just because it would require that number one pick. So probably not. No. I just don't see another team passing on him because they think he is a tight end that will be like Kelsey and Kittle. Like the production will be so high. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Jaguars fans who are Gators fans know a lot better than me. But when I watched him play, he was damn good. And when they played without him, you could tell that you could tell the difference. They were still good, but it was a little bit different, man. He is he's a monster. He's a monster. He's a tight end that we need too, because man, we haven't had a tight end since Mercedes Lewis. So if the trade was Trevor Lawrence for Zach Wilson and Kyle Pitts, would, there's no way you would take that, or the Jaguars Ooh, would take that? No, you. I would not, just because it's Trevor Lawrence, man. He's a generational, and it more so because I don't know what Zach Wilson is. So it has nothing to, nothing to do with Kyle Pitts, exactly. Because I think he's a monster. But I wouldn't trade take the trade off. Speaking of trades, I want to get your... What's your craziest trade scenario that might happen either before the draft or, or like day of, like as part of the draft? I'm looking at specifically scenarios with, you know, Deshaun Watson or someone of that caliber. Do you think that we're going to make any blockbuster trades? And if so, what would it look like? We will not trade them. We, will, we are not trading the number one pick. When the Deshaun Watson for the number one pick rumors were alive and people were making all these points of why it would happen, it made no sense to me. I was like, make it make sense. Like you can tell me it whatever whatever way you want, but it doesn't make sense. Why would we pay him when we can have a rookie contract? Oh, well, Deshaun's already an established great NFL quarterback. Okay. Well, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be generational. Why are we comparing him 
to John Elway and Andrew Luck. Like you're willing to trade that away. Deshaun Watson's a great player, but I don't think it's the right fit either way. You, Deshaun Watson wants to leave because he's with a dysfunctional franchise, right? And on top of that, he wants to win. He's watched the Jaguars play for the last four years he's in the league. You think he wants to come to Jacksonville? No, he does not want to come to Jacksonville. So both ways. We don't want him. and He does not want us. So I do not see that happening. And I don't see us trading with the Jets or anybody. Okay, what if we trade? Uh, we get uh, we get two first-round picks and Russell Wilson from the Seahawks to give them Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, I forgot all this Russell Wilson stuff's been coming out to Same scenario for me because these players, they have so much power now. They have a voice, right? So if they don't want to go somewhere, they aren't going to go really. I mean, they don't really have a choice, but you know how it is. Russell Wilson doesn't want to come to the Jaguars, first of all. Maybe he likes Urban Meyer. Doesn't matter, man. Russell Wilson is, he wants to go to a Super Bowl contender. And I don't think we're ready for him right now. We are in a rebuild. We are, right? You could say we could be a contender next year for our division, but we are still in a rebuild. Yeah. We have an unproven quarterback. It's, he's going to be a rookie. Our defense is atrocious. And there's just a lot, of, a lot of things that need to happen for us for our development right now. Russell Wilson wants to go somewhere where they're established, ready to win a Super Bowl. And that is not us either. Telvin Smith recently tweeted, I think it's time. What, what, what the f*** is going on there? I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, he could be talking about anything. I think it's time to go vegan. I think it's time to move out of the United States. I think it's time for me to go get a sandwich. You know, it's time my, my girlfriend turned 18. <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? I'm sorry. I forgot Telvin Smith even existed, to be honest with you. Do you does he ever come back and play football, though, real quick? Uh, I think he can make an attempt. Why not? Why wouldn't he? Alan Robinson, <laughs> 20 bucks. I don't even know how you bet. You're the betting expert here. 20 bucks with like five to one odds or one to five odds, whatever, something very rewarding. Would you take it or leave it that he would come back to Jacksonville? Ah, he's a tough character to figure out. You know, he's my favorite player in the league right now. I look at all his tweets. I, you know, look him up often just to see what he's thinking. He was on Chris Collinsworth's podcast. He was talking about how nice it would be to play in, in a bigger market. I was like, dude, you're in Chicago. Like, good Lord. He's like, I think it'd be cool to play for New York in a, in a bigger market and stuff. And he's, he talked about how when he was in Jacksonville, like, you know, it was, it was small and stuff. But when he went to Chicago, like he could tell he was like just bears fans everywhere and stuff. So I, I feel like he wouldn't come back. I don't feel like there's some deep emotional connection he has to Jacksonville. That'll bring him back. Except his, crazy season he had here really though he just wants to get paid so mm. if we pay him which I, we can which we can and he's got and trevor lawrence so the the promise of an elite quarterback at least yeah he probably thought that when blake bortles was his quarterback he's like oh man they drafted him early this guy's gonna be good but i think on trevor lawrence's resume it says uh after clemson it says keeps it in bounds yeah <laughs> he does keep the he does keep the ball in bounds I don't know about Allen Robinson. I think he's just trying to get the hell out of Chicago and he'll do whatever it takes to get out of Chicago because he doesn't want to be franchise tagged. So on a similar note, I mean, it's a, it's a whole, it's an open field here for the Jaguars in terms of who they try to go after in free agency. Um, if, if, and when they do any sort of trades, they've got, uh, I think the most 
cap space in the league. First or second. Something up there. Yeah. And they definitely have the most diverse set of needs. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Essentially, at every position, there's some important question to ask. Uh, even when we say Trevor Lawrence, like we haven't drafted Trevor Lawrence yet. Maybe there's some other scenario they're imagining there. Who knows? Uh, wide receivers, in, in the vein of Allen Robinson here, I want to ask you, is DJ Chark a solidified number one in our eyes? Or, or are we going to look for someone to really be the prominent number one receiver to the, at the expense of possibly like ousting Chark eventually. And I want to add really quickly to that, that one thing I've been hearing, and I, I don't know if it's on the Jaguars radio, they, which they've all been rebranding everything, by the way, since we changed coaches. No, really? <laughs> so oh, so wow. now Jaguars happy hour is like the, like the Jaguars huddle house or huddle up, huddle up, <laughs> huddle up, or it's been suggested that the Jaguars go after a speed receiver, speed guy, because that's what we're missing right now. Okay. But I'm I'm wondering, shit, is DJ Chark even like our number one? Are we actually going to go after someone who who would be featured above Chark? It's so tough. I love DJ Chark, right? But it seemed like he wasn't a number one wide receiver, right? I mean, the year before we're like, okay, this guy, like he could be the number one. And then last year, we we were like, okay, well he he'll bounce back. He has not a quarterback, so we kept making excuses for him, right? is what it sounded like. So is he worth it? Like, are you supposed to stay with it? Or do you want to bring Trevor Lawrence, a true number one proven, which Allen Robinson is, he is now proven after his, you know, after his little stint with Chicago. Would you want Allen Robinson or DJ Chark? I mean, it's a simple question. Who would you take, right? Who would you take? I would definitely bring in Allen Robinson. No doubt. No doubt. Right now. And, you know, and then Allen Robinson's contract expires in three years. He wants more money or whatever. And Chark's already emerged as a number one. Then boom, there you go. It's a it's a Antonio Bryant Smith Schuster thing at that point. Okay, what what does it what does it do to the Jaguars wide receiver room though? Bringing in A Rob, so then you have A Rob, DJ Chark, Keelan Cole, Colin Johnson, who wouldn't get to touch the ball. Who am I forgetting? Lavisca Chanel. I, I don't think it. I don't think it tears apart their receiving room or anything. I think it it would add some good experience. Assuming Allen Robinson is not a douchebag. Like assuming he's not some like oh I'm so I'm above I'm above everyone here you know he Which doesn't seem like doesn't the guy seem like he doesn't at all no. dude I think it would be awesome I think it'd be awesome oh I'd love it I would love it more than anything to be honest with you I just what do you think DJ Chark would think about it he would maybe he would be like hmm maybe they they don't think I'm number one potential well first of all he's still on rookie contract so he's not going anywhere like, That's true. unless he like like I don't know forces it but right if, I don't know if he even has the leverage to do that. And then they have an argument. <laughs> A-Rob is an elite receiver. He's been here before. We already love him. Yeah. Like, Chark likely has modeled some of his game after... Well, so that's, that's too much to say. Chark has likely looked up to A-Rob at some point. And, yeah. and he's, he's been a Jaguar. He's probably seen A-Rob highlights with the Jags and put him somewhere in his imagination as, like, uh, a level to get to. So they're mm-hmm. going to bring that guy in? Sounds great. Sounds great. The question is, how long would his con- would A Rob's contract be if he was with the Jaguars? Because he's going to look for. You mentioned money, uh, and probably guarantees with that. So something minimum three years, probably like a four year contract. Yeah. Uh, so which which would which would he would be wanted to be cemented as the number one receiver for that whole like stretch. That's where it gets a little tricky. I do agree. It could lead to some problems there if Charks at any point even approaches outplaying him. That's true, and it all comes back to. If they're winning, like say we have A-Rob and DJ Chark, right? And A-Rob is having a crazy season. DJ Chark's having a, you know, below average season. If they're losing, it's one thing. If they're winning, it's another thing. And DJ Chark's mine. Because if you're winning, you don't you don't give a shit. 
If you're winning, that's fine, right? If you're losing, then it's a different story. Like you saw DJ Chark's body language last year when things started to get really ugly. Didn't even seem like he wanted to be there, right? It would have been different if they were winning and he still wasn't producing. He's already liking like Trevor Lawrence tweets and stuff. So Yeah, he's excited. He's excited. <laughs> All right, let me, let me ask you a question with defense here. We have, like, of course, the most catastrophic defensive collapse over the last three years that I can I can remember that I can imagine. Yeah, this the dominance of the Jaguars secondary in 2017. I mean, it was it was on complete lock. Allowed the defensive line to get to the quarterback. Um, it made everybody look better. The linebackers looked better as a result as well. And you know, we could essentially determine the outcome of games because of our defensive prowess. Yeah. Now we have, I would say, a pretty depleted secondary. Yes. I mean, you could say what you want about C.J. Henderson, um, Sidney Jones, uh, maybe Gerard Wilson, Jared Wilson, Gerard Wilson. Yeah. Nobody, that's nobody how knows. That's how it's spelt, though. Nobody, so, nobody knows. Yeah. What's our, what is our cure right now for the Jaguar secondary? I don't think there is a cure right now. I mean, you can hope that having different coaches on the defensive side will help things, you know, scheme wise. But will that, you, a scheme can only do so much, right? The players still have to produce. And what I saw last year was pretty ugly. I mean, they couldn't get to the quarterback and they sure as hell couldn't cover the receivers. I mean, they had, you know, some games where they were good and we don't know what CJ Henderson is yet. Right. Cause he, he, he was hurt. It was on and off, you know, some games you would see like maximum effort. Some games you'd see some things you don't like. Sidney Jones came out of nowhere and we started to like him. Then he had a few bad games and we don't know what he is. So we just don't know what these guys are yet. Except Miles Jack, I would say. Even with Josh Allen, I don't. we don't know what he is yet. Yeah, that leads to my final question today, which is actually about Josh Allen. And in my opinion, Josh Allen is the barometer of like how these other things are happening defensive side. So Josh Allen's high level of play rookie season. And then matched with a lower production sophomore year, to me reflects an overall weaker defense. That yeah. our secondary wasn't giving enough time for the line to get to the quarterback. Right. Doesn't matter if you're an elite edge rusher or not. Like, yeah. If someone's open, you just didn't have a chance. Yep. Basically, right. And so, in my opinion, I I believe Josh Allen's a solid player. He's already proven it. And if we start seeing an uptick in his performance. It's going to likely be the result of the overall defensive equation combined with his individual talent. Yeah. But I want to pose you the question, am I wrong? <laughs> Is Josh Allen not yet determined? Do we not know what we have in Josh Allen? I mean, right now, I would grade him as a B minus. Overall, we've seen, we've seen flashes that he can be really good and maybe even take over a game. We see that he loves the Jaguars and when there's a bunch of trash thrown the Jaguars way, you know, people talking crap. He stood up for the Jags, which means a lot to Jaguars fans for sure. And I'm sure his teammates as well. So the attitude thing is there. We need the production. He was hurt last year too, quite a bit. So we didn't get to see him as much. And then you kind of got the feeling that he was hurt and it was like, oh, no need to bring you back right now. Let's keep you healthy, keep working. So I think next year is going to be a big deciding factor. If he's legit, if he's an elite pass rusher, or he's just another pass rusher. So we'll see. I mean, he's a high draft pick. His expectations are high. That's all I'm saying. So he has to hopefully reach those expectations or exceed them. Anything else to add today? I do. I'm going to put you on the spot. I just thought of this right when we started recording. All right. So you're Shad Khan. How'd been, you know? <laughs> it's been an off season and we want to hear your Shad Khan impression, but 
Tell me what he said to Urban Meyer on the yacht. Take your time. On the spot, man. I should have had you playing this one out. I haven't Pitch worked me. I haven't working on it. I driving back and forth to Texas, I should have been practicing my Sean Con accent. You should have. I think I think he I think he went off um and he grabbed his finest bottle of scotch. Okay. And he didn't even ask Urban whether or not he wants some ice in there. <laughs> I think he just I think he just poured it neat. And he said, Hi hi Urban. <laughs> <laughs> my accents change by the way he's no longer shot con bond villain i'm trying to get a little bit closer to the actual accent so he said he said hey there urban i'm i'm really happy that you could visit my 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 yacht and 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 to add to the jaguars some prestige because uh n- pun intended you are truly an urban legend in these parts <laughs> and i think as uh urban meyer in the name this would be a great hire so, uh, so, uh, and then he just went on some bullshit about like, you know, like just a Morpheus rant about how winning is winning and losing is losing. Right. So, so urban, if you were to come and say, uh, uh join us at the Jaguars, we'd want to go for the playoffs. Now we could shoot for the playoffs the first season, but as everyone knows, winning is winning and losing is losing. So even second season would be nice for the playoffs, uh, urban, now, sometimes when you're losing, you're actually winning. And I want to remind everyone that over the past eight years, I have been winning in the sum of billions off of the Jaguars' uh, growing reputation, including its widening audience in the United Kingdom, where I have deep roots, uh, an owner of Fulham FC, uh, as well as a frequent uh, customer at the Costa Coffee uh, in Canary Wharf. What do you think, Urban? And then now I ask you, what did Urban say back to that? He said, you got a new head coach. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Urban, would you like me to top you up on that whiskey? No, I'm good. I'm, a- I'm out of here. Okay. Well, Urban, we have an unspoken rule that everyone who boards my yacht must stay at least one hour and amuse themselves in whichever way they please. I am very happy to share with you my Yahtzee board. If you want to play Yahtzee on the yacht, see what i did there uh we could also go and throw darts but not at any particular board just into the ocean (laughs) to see if we can spike a fish or two maybe a dolphin those are fun uh how do you feel about that urban what what would you like to do on my yacht i'm bringing in a whole new coaching staff and we're gonna uh have this boat but we're gonna need you to get off Oh, okay. Well, if this is in exchange for some winning, which might happen after some losing, and, you know, (laughs) losing is part of winning, then I will definitely cede my yacht to you, Urban, and your boys club. Uh, And I wish you the best. Oh, my gosh. You know who you sound like? Shad Khan, (laughs) motherfucker. Who else would I sound like? You sound like Chris from Family Guy and (laughs) Patrick Mahomes combined. Yo, I went to Patrick Mahomes' hometown. In Did Texas, you? yeah. There's Patrick Mahomes, like, paraphernalia all over East Texas. Really? He's from this, this town called, like, White House, Texas. What's the, what's the closest major city? Tyler. Tyler, Texas? Okay, mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. That's pretty cool, though. It's cool for, a, you know, a little city to celebrate. Clint Dempsey is also from the area. Soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Clint. I know Clint Dempsey. Dempsey face, baby. Dempsey. Nice. Very good. All right. I think we have embarrassed ourselves enough there. Thank you all for joining us on this episode of the Drunken Jaguar. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Drunken Jaguar.
We look forward to following the developments of this off-season, and we'll be back at it shortly. Back at it shortly. Go Jags. Go Jags. Nothing like Drunken Jaguar. Oh, well, sorry.